You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Nose Properties. And today we have Don Riggs here with us. He is a area sales manager for Nations Lending, uh, which is one of the uh, top 10 independent mortgage banks um, in the country. And uh, we're going to talk about some uh, current events and how they're affecting the housing market um, from a lending perspective, um, mostly um, from the investor standpoint, and then obviously from the primary residence, residential standpoint. Um, so Don's been around in the business for a long time. He's owned some of his own multifamily property. So I'm interested to learn his experience and how it's different from now and how his financing changed. So um, really appreciate Don coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good to, good to be here. Good to Great. start off the new year. Good to start off the new year with a fresh look at things and uh, put 2020 behind us as much as we can and uh, work on into 2021, take that experience from 2020 and how we worked from uh, work from home and uh, still get business done. It's pretty amazing, I think. Pretty amazing for sure. So, so Don, so just tell us about your practice, your, your background and, um, you know, what have you seen change in 2020 and where do you think it's going 2021 from, from both perspectives, the primary and investor perspective? So from both the primary and the investor, you know, every market is different, obviously. I have offices in five different states. I'm a licensed person in, I think, 15. Uh, we as a company, are, we do business in all 50. Uh, our business has literally tripled over the last year with both investment properties and primary residences. And that's, you know, there's no marketing genius to this when rates are down in the twos and threes. Uh, for primary, you know, three and a half on a on an investment property, or et cetera, et cetera. You know, it all depends upon how much uh, money is put down, uh, credit scores, da 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 da, all that good stuff. But what I've seen is that the market continues to escalate in the value of properties. The Denver, Colorado market is seven percent above what it was a year ago at this time, which is not one of the larger increases. In fact, we're not even in the top 20 increases anymore at 7%. We're seeing certain areas where there's 12 to 15% growth. I think those areas are lower priced individual uh, properties to begin with, whereas the average purchase price in the Denver market is about $580,000. So uh, when you're getting into a market such as Tucson, Arizona, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, all of that, when your properties are between two and 300, you can go to 350 and have a larger percentage gain in the value of the property than you can when you're at 500. So dollar-wise is what it really all matters. Percentages are just percentages. Um, you know, I've been doing this, the lending side for about 22 years. I've been an investor. Uh, I'm not currently because I decided to put my finances elsewhere. And that was pretty much what it was. And it was a great, great run while I had it. Uh, I had some partners in there and we did very well with it. It's a great way to build a nest egg, especially if you have, you know, if you're starting off with just one property, two properties, three properties. If you're a large investor, they're probably not listening to us right now. If you're a smaller investor, 
it's a great way to go, in my opinion, to be able to start off with that one property, two properties, three, and grow. There's no reason that an investor shouldn't be buying a, another property every year, in my opinion, and growing their nest egg. That's, that's for sure. Um, so can you talk about uh, interest rates and where do you see those going 2021? Um, just general perspective. I mean, I have my own opinion, but I'd love to hear yours. Well, there's a lot of opinions out there, that's for sure. If you listen to the MBA, the Mortgage Bankers Association, they say the rates should hold pretty stable and we should originate somewhere in the $4 trillion category for originations this year. We did that last year, which was way off from their projections. The MBA is a good guideline. They're not always 100% accurate. It's, you know, it's a good barometer to go with. Um, where I see them going is, is I think they're going to hold pretty stable. Frankly, we don't have the economy, the virus that's out there keeping people at home. We don't know what's going to happen in Washington. We have new leadership, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that they're going to have to hold pretty stable. The feds have kind of come out and said that we're not going to have any increases until 2022. So that's a good guy. That's the best barometric guide I can think of is what the feds say. So I think that you're talking you know, I saw a rate yesterday that someone sent me over on a BA loan for 1.75. I don't know how the banks are going to stay in business with rates that low, quite frankly. Um, there is, you know, there's there's a lot of ways that they make the money. But at the end of the day, I see rates, you know, still probably for primary residents in the two and a half to three and a half range and investment properties Three to three to four, just depending on all the circumstances, credit scores, loan to value, number of properties owned. There's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, factors that go into what a, makes up a rate now. Whereas 20 years ago, was everybody got the same rate. So you know that's that's all changed with the guidance and the CFPB and uh, regulation, regulation, and uh, they all they all cost money. Sure. Um, so when you, you mentioned something about your projections, it was four, four trillion for, well, that's what you did in 2020. Um, but what was the projection for 2020 initially? The projection for 2020 from the MBA, that's another four trillion. Last year they were at 1.8 trillion, so it's double. So they're saying four trillion. Our our prognosticators are saying probably between four and five trillion. We as a company did about five five billion, uh, so we didn't do that large a number. But it's a pretty good sized number. There's, you know, we're not starving on that. That's for sure. It's um, it's a, it's a great opportunity with the rates down. You know, if anybody can, you know, anybody that's working out there and all. I mean, it's just just a great place to build equity. And you know as well as I do that if the rates are down, the property prices are going to start soaring. Um, even the uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac agree to that, where they've increased the uh, conforming loan limits to 548,000 for the majority of the con uh, country. Denver is 596,000. So you know, it's uh, all of those factors and those numbers going up. I believe that they they agree that the value is just going to continue to soar. No, that's great. So um, talk a little bit about when. If, let's say in 2022, uh, Fed starts to raise rates, you know, maybe a quarter, you know, they're probably not going to do this, but let's just say a quarter every 
every quarter, which is not going to, we all know that's probably not going to happen. It might be one raise probably half within half of the year and then that's it. Um, but let's say that does happen. What generally happens to the property values? Because, you know, you have, like you mentioned, an area like Denver, you know, you're seeing at least with single family and that's some properties a little bit different, um, you know, properties appreciating at 7% um, as on a year over year basis. What, what do you think is going to happen in 2022 when people are putting down these low, sometimes you mentioned VA, which is different, but it's three to 5%, you know, maybe three and a half on an FHA loan. And then they want to move, you know, in 2022. And then they're like, oh shit, I got to pay all these closing costs. I actually got to put money out in yeah. order to move right. uh, because the value of my property didn't go up by, you know, 15%. So right. what do you think is going to happen to all those people that are taking advantage of this like low money down at these high valuations um, at some point? Well, I think what's going to happen is, is that there will be a big lull in the flow of new properties being sold to a certain extent. There's so many people out there that want to own right now. Uh, millennials are a big one, which we didn't think we would see, but even they are out trying to buy houses. So we're, I don't think that it's going to affect the purchase business that much uh, with, the, with what the feds do. It never really has. I mean, really all they're doing is they're raising the rate on the overnight funds to the larger investors. And of course our credit cards will show it. It doesn't really translate over into the mortgage rates. What really translates is, is what the 10 year treasury does. And that's, that's the biggest thing that we'll, we will see. I mean, the treasury right now, as I'm looking at it, is at 0.915, which is a, about the lowest. Well, it's been as low this year, as low as 0.72, but being under one has been amazing. I mean, there's, there's obviously not a lot of money in treasuries right now, but people are still buying them for the safety. Uh, so that's gonna affect the business more than anything. Um, and the stock market. And so I don't really think, I think housing is always going to be there. The people that put down three, three and a half percent, five percent, they're going to be in their houses for a while. There's no question about that. There's the race that they have right now, and they got in at the right time. And let's say they have a three percent interest rate. They're not going to do better than that on a new house. They're going to be in that house for a while. So you know, the, mar the uh, market ebbs and flows, as we know. Uh, so they're just, you know, I, I would say that if you, the less you put down, the longer you should plan on staying there. Right. Is there a general rule of thumb for that? Um, I, I hear like 10 years. For the 10 little, years. Yeah. 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 Especially if you're doing an FHA loan or a VA loan or a USDA loan where, you know, FHA requiring three and a half percent and, uh, uh, USDA and VA not requiring anything, you know, so it's, it's literally money for nothing. If you've got a rate of 3%, love that house. You got to love it. That's all there is to it. Right. No, that makes sense. Uh, so can you talk about, um, we mentioned, we were speaking before the show, how you're uh, able to um, build your team out, um, especially during 2020, build your team up more and, and, you know, increase your revenue, how we're able to, um, especially, you know, with the, everything virtual, like you mentioned, how are you able to still do that as Surprising, opposed to? Surprisingly very well. Uh, we have actually gone to virtual recruiting, just like we're talking right now. I've been able to actually bring on about a dozen different large producers and have not met any of them face-to-face. -face. 
And so we're doing a lot of everything through either Zoom or we use team, Microsoft Teams a lot. Uh, it's very easy to use it for our company. Uh, so building it out that way, they're working from home. Uh, we are, I am traveling down to a new location that we're opening here in Denver later on today. Uh, so we think the idea of the offices is still going to stick around and people are going to move into them somewhat. But I think the work from home theory that we're in right now, I don't think it's going away for quite some time. I know personally, I love working from home, uh, but I'm used to traveling. I've, I'm one that's traveled every other week for the last several years and being at home. The last time I took a trip for work was February. So, you know, I do have an office here close to the house. I do go in periodically, but for the most part, it's a, uh, it's a new way of life. We've learned how to, to recruit around it, to work around it, to interview throughout it. It's just, uh, it is what it is right now. And it's, I think we're all anxious to get out and shake hands, shake hands and kiss babies. And uh, that day's coming probably pretty soon, but you know, it's who knows when, who knows. Right. It, it'll come, but then also the work from home is going to still stay in some respect. Yeah. So you're going to have a mix, which I actually think is a good thing to have a mix. So no, I, I agree. I, and, and the other thing is, is with the work from home, yeah, we're still going to have offices. We're still going to want to meet some people periodically. However, we don't need the large four and 5,000 square foot offices any longer. Uh, we've taken, I have a dozen different offices in, between Missouri, Kansas City, uh, some offices in, in uh, Colorado, of course, Arizona and Kansas. And the, uh, the big thing with any of them is, is that we've cut down the size of the offices and gone into executive suites. And the nice thing about the executive suites are, is there's someone there if they need to drop off paperwork or whatever, you need to meet someone. But the cost involved is, is, is crazy. It really is. And it puts more money out there for people that are doing a lot of business to invest in other things, such as multifamily. <laughs> so I think that the, I think that the commercial side, uh, not housing, but the commercial side is going to take a little dip here. Uh, I don't think housing is, I mean, it's, they're, they're popping up everywhere. Every time I drive somewhere and I look at like, where did that come from? And you see these large communities going in of, of condos and apartments and some townhouses too. Mm -hmm. So housing is going to become, in my opinion, almost like the commercial real estate world where it's going to be advantageous for the people that are self-employed or working from home or whatever. I mean, they're going to live, work and play right in their home. Right. No, that makes sense. Um, talk to us a little bit about the, you know, you mentioned, you're recruiting online. How do you hold accountability? Because that's 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 something that a lot of companies are scared of. You know, keeping people right. accountable. Um, what does it come down to for you? You mentioned Microsoft Teams. We use that too, so we're able to see progress. Uh, right. Different people and different tasks they're working on. Right. So, is that the way to measure value for an employee? Like, how do you? How do you manage have, expectations? Yeah, We have so many reporting tools at this company that it's hard for me not to be able on an hourly basis to know what people are doing. I can tell how many credit reports they've pulled. I can tell how many applications they've put in. I can tell, you know, when their loans are closing, how, how frequently 
that they're taking a new application and if is it converting into real-time money, a real live loan. So we have the, the reporting pieces. This company has the best I've ever seen. Uh, those things are the way we keep on track and having really great managers to stay on top of them. They're my lifeline. They really are. And I talk with them depending on which ones they are, not only on a daily basis, but different meetings with different teams, such as the uh, uh, operations team. You know, we, we talk once a week at the operations leaders, we talk daily. And so I count on them to, uh, be on top of what's going on and keep me informed. But I got to tell you, with the with the technology, I almost feel like I have a better grip now on what people are doing than when I was there face to face. The numbers truly, don't lie. That's all. Yeah, truly amazing. Yeah, uh, great. Well, Don, we're going to wind down this podcast. How could people find you? Learn more about you. Don Riggs, uh, real easy. DonRiggs.com. Uh, Don dot Riggs at nationfunding.com, either one, the website, donriggs.com, it's got all of the information, has a lot of information about, you know, recruiting as well as loans, as well as what we do. Uh, it's all right there. Excellent. Well, Don, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, if everybody who's listening liked what they heard and or saw, if you can go to iTunes and give uh, us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate it because it helps get Don and my message out to more people. Right and a wider audience. So we really appreciate that. And really want to thank you again, Don, for coming on the show today. We really appreciate Anthony, it. Thanks for, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Have a happy new year. You too. Happy new year. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye.